Bart, I've asked you not to whistle that annoying tune. Yo, everybody, what's going on? And welcome back once again to Simpsons is Greater Than, a Simpsons podcast where we take a look at all the many levels on which The Simpsons is the greatest show to ever come on television. Can you hear the seriousness in my voice? Too much? Okay. Well, either way, as always, I'm your host, Warren, better known to some of you as Bart of Darkness. You might know me from my Simpsons collection over on Instagram or Twitter. Be honest, it's great, isn't it? Go ahead and say it's great if you want to. But if not, when you're done with this episode, could you do me a favor and go check it out because I'm convinced that you will like it. Thank you. I want to welcome everyone to episode 39 and boy, do we have a great show this week as I am joined by Jordan Morris and Tony Cliff from the graphic novel Bubble which, by the way, is in stores now. And if you're not buying it by the end of this episode, I feel very bad for you. I'm just I'm just being honest. That's just the truth. It is what it is. But we talk all about Bubble. We talk all about The Simpsons. We even talk a little bit about the movies and Green Day. So rather than me go on and on about all of that, let's just start the episode now. Episode 39. Let's go. here's something that's like the simpsons but it there's more violence and it's it's weirder and less tied to reality like yeah, you're perfectly primed to you know jump on that <laughs> right i'm surprised right. south park is still going anyway so uh, no 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 i am i am too and and that's you know I, I definitely feel the same way about a lot of shows. Like, I never would have thought Family Guy would still be on. I never would have thought South Park would still be on. I never would have thought The Simpsons would still be on. I mean, that's not even, you know, like, I don't think anyone expected any of those shows to last as long as they have because shows didn't do that before, like, the late 90s, really. So It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. Cool. Well, you know, I, I see no better time to jump in. I mean, we're all recording. We're all hanging out. Uh, and I want to thank both of you for coming on the podcast. Uh, it's going to be a good time to talk to you guys and hang out and talk about uh, all kinds of cool shit. Yeah, thanks. Happy to happy to do it whenever you're ready, unless we have started. In that case, <laughs> I'm happy to continue. Yeah, no, I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're just going to start. And the way that I start every episode, uh, especially after the way the last year, year and a half went, is uh, <laughs> h- how are you guys? Like, I mean, you know, it, what what is life like for you now as things get back to some sense of uh, normal? Um, yeah, they are. I, you know, it's it's nice. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I like it. I like that fewer are dying and we can uh, go to places. That's all good. Um, yeah, I mean, I've 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 been to a handful of movies. That's been really fun. Not to not to pivot into something totally trivial immediately. No, um, no, no. This is this is the wild thing because. <laughs> when before you know everybody was getting vaccinated and stuff you mentioned this before and when you mentioned it my you blew my mind because g- sitting in a room where you were breathing other people's air seemed like the most radical thing you could do after a year of avoiding everybody <laughs> go hey go big or go home that's my motto it was my motto when i was a professional snowboarder and it's my motto now you kick in the door to the movie theater you're like i am living on the edge i'm here to 
breathe, baby. <laughs> here to inhale, here to exhale, and I am here to watch Army of the Dead on the big screen, even though I can watch it at home on Netflix. 100%. You start making VHS tapes of people are buying them at skate shops like, this is the most extreme shit you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this could be my jackass. This could be, I'm just being like a little devil may care with the loosened COVID laws, <laughs> heading into Target, hugging my mommy. <laughs> oh, it's it's a it's quite an adjustment. I mean, I, I, as of as of this recording, I'm going to my first movie uh, post COVID tomorrow, and I'm I'm hey, honestly okay. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna freak me out. Honestly, I mean, I've gotten used to you know going around and doing stuff, but uh, I miss the movie so much that I might just get emotional. I mean, come on. Uh, are you able to reveal what that movie will be? Um, well, I'm not going to be getting emotional as a result of the movie, but I'm going to go see, um, I'm going to go see, um, what am I seeing? Uh, Black Widow. Oh, there you go. Great, great first movie back. Uh, yeah. Is it a Black Widow movie? Yeah, there's a Black Widow movie. <laughs> did you really not, are you making fun of how ubiquitous the advertising has been or did you, or were you, did you really not clock that one? I have literally not heard a single thing about a Black Widow movie. <laughs> no, it's like it's like a spy movie. I, it's supposed to be very, you know, espionage, and yes, yeah, apparently it's really fun. Everybody says it's good. Now I feel, <laughs> now I feel like I'm like extra trapped in some like pandemic time warp or something. Yeah, I well, so I think we should probably worth mentioning that Tony Tony's up there in Canada, where I guess things are a little less open. Right? Mm. You're not. You're not a little bit. Breathing bit. and breathing. We're getting and there. I got I got my first shot, but I haven't got my second yet. So yeah, Tony Tony's not kicking in the door to the movie theater just yet. He's not he's not screaming <laughs> and ripping off his shirt in public just yet. It's gonna be yeah. just a little. I was I was surprised to find how much I missed going to a movie theater, especially since my last two theater experiences, I've left feeling like, why do people do this? Why do people go <laughs> and sit in? In a a room that look, I know this is well traveled territory. In a room that smells like other people's nacho cheese, and we all like make noise and like put up with other people. When I've got a perfectly good TV at home, and if I sit close enough to it, the screen is even bigger than it is on at the movie theater. <laughs> um, I, and yet here we go. Like as soon as I couldn't go to the movie theater, I'm like, shit. Yeah, well, the popcorn never tastes as good when you make it at home. No, exactly. And that's just the way it is. You just got to be, and you got to be in that gross room where a million people sit every day, and uh, that that just makes it feel like a special experience. I mean, what can I say? Yeah, like where you just like trying your hardest not to sit in the seat where the seat like like just flops down because for some reason that seat is cursed. Why? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But for me too, it's also a like focus thing in the modern era. Is that you know, a movie at home, it is so easy to just like, yeah, I'll just, I'll peek at Twitter or eh, I'll see what the cat's doing. And then, you know, the next thing you know, you're totally out of the experience and you've forgotten what happened in the past 10 100%. minutes. So, 100%. I think that, yeah, I think the movies have a new significance in that they are a place to go to focus on the movie. Although, you know, I'm sure we all have had the experience of, having people texting throughout it which sucks <laughs> but like i think to the to, to us in polite society <laughs> you know it's this excuse to just like shut out you know shit for 90 minutes or 2 hours and just like enjoy the story without splitting your focus yeah i, I couldn't i couldn't agree more with that <laughs> the cl the closest solution i have for you is that like 
at least where we live, there's one corner of the house where we don't really get Wi-Fi very well. So if you just download a movie to your iPad and then go oh. over to that corner, it's just great. You're in your own little movie. It's like the movie-going <laughs> equivalent of setting up a wet towel in front of the fan in place of having AC. <laughs> it's the corner. It's the it's the uh, it's the focus corner where you can go to truly be present. You can just go to that corner and just be, just exist. That special that special corner. Well. Uh, uh, so as much as I would love to record an entire episode about uh, going to the movies, uh, the reason I have you guys here today is not only to talk about The Simpsons, but it's also to talk about Bubble. Uh, Bubble's a graphic novel. It's also a podcast, and the graphic novel's coming out soon. So could you just walk me through it, explain it to people that might not have heard of it? Yeah, I'll I'll give you I'll give the uh, listeners the elevator pitch for the show real quick before we start talking about process stuff. Um, it is a uh, sci-fi comedy uh, about a bunch of kind of goofy, ill-equipped hipsters who live in this dome city. They live in a bubble, and uh, but there's all these kind of monsters outside who get in, and they have to kind of participate in this life or death version of the gig economy to survive. And it's <laughs> it's kind of a little crew of twenty somethings figuring themselves out while they, you know, fight monsters and battle robots and uh, you know, create blood fountains and all that stuff. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so that was a a scripted podcast that uh, I. I kind of created and uh, helped do at Maximum Fun uh, in 2018. And yeah, the podcast, you know, uh, uh, was a little bit of a hit. And the folks at uh, First Second Publishing, who uh, Tony has worked with on the uh, truly fantastic Delilah Dirk series. Um, yeah, they, they had had some, uh, some success turning the Adventure Zone uh, podcast, which is a D&D podcast hosted by the, uh, the great and hilarious McElroy family. They, uh, they turned that show into a graphic novel, and it was super successful, so I think they liked the idea of you know, seeing if podcasts could become comics. And, and Bubble is a really comic booky story. Like, it is a very, like, yeah, it has a lot of comic book stuff. It has a kind of mashup tone with comedy, but also like sci-fi that, you know, we don't spend a shit ton of time explaining. It's just kind of, you know, <laughs> taken, taken for fact. So yeah, I, I think it was a, it was a pretty natural marriage. And um, I was such a fan of Tony's uh, from the Delilah Dirk series when they asked me if I had somebody in mind for illustrating it. I mentioned Tony and then a couple days later they told me he would do it. So yeah, that's, wow. that's the story. Wow. Yeah, and Bubble, Bubble suits a graphic novel pretty well. Like it, it, it feels like a natural fit. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like you have to stretch too hard. Like I'm sure you could make a graphic novel out of season one of Serial, or maybe <laughs> even season two. But there would be a very, very heavy adaptation process. But, but no, gra- like, like Bubble's got the, um, the adventure and the action in it that makes it very well suited to being a graphic novel. And, um. You know, maybe this is true. I can't speak on behalf of Jordan, but like, you know, the uh, if you feel like you can make a comic book or a graphic novel, <laughs> that's an that's a very as far as like big life goals go, it's not easy, but it is definitely achievable. Um, and so, you know, if you just feel like, oh, I've got to make a comic book, I got to make a graphic novel, uh, and you're you know you're in a sort of privileged position, you you have all your ducks in a row to be able to do it like 
then you just got you got to make a graphic novel, right? You know, right? Yeah, why not do it? Uh, well, I mean, what has it been like <laughs> working on those characters for you, Tony? How fun has that process been? I I mean, it's sorry, I'm throwing my hands up in the in the air. No, it's been uh, it's been absolutely delightful. Um, the script is hilarious. Um, when we started it, there was much more material than for a second or <laughs> or anybody with uh, a sane anybody with a level head would try to fit into a graphic novel. Um, I mean, otherwise, you know, we'd still be working on it for five more years. I'd still be coloring it. We'd be having a conversation <laughs> about it. I'm like, guys, you're going you're gonna to really enjoy this graphic novel that comes out in 2032. Um, <laughs> Bubble, but, colon, Chinese democracy. <laughs> Is that still the go-to for something that takes too long? Is there, yeah. <laughs> is there a better pull now for artistic project that is... That takes too long. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. Don't know. Um, but, but there was, yeah, there's so much material. It was easy to say, easy, easy to say, we've got to keep this, we've got to keep that, we've got to keep this, we've got to keep that. And I think the result is is a book that's really dense with great character moments and good jokes and, um, you know, arterial blood spray <laughs> when necessary. <laughs> when necessary. It's not gratuitous, the arterial no. Yeah, blood you don't spray. want to go overboard on the blood spray, but when, when necessary, you got to have that. <laughs> Well, it's a a, a strong spice that you use use gently, use sparingly. Uh, It's like a good hot sauce, you know. And I should mention that I wrote the script with a great comedy writer named Sarah Morgan, who is like the only other is like the next biggest Simpsons fan I know next to like me. So, yeah, she's uh, (laughs) she was awesome to work with. And we definitely like share a, uh, you know, share a share a sensibility. And uh, we we even put one or two Simpsons references in the thing. That's that's what huge huge fans we are. So, yeah, if you're uh, if your listeners pick up the book, uh, they they should they should keep an eye and an eye out for those. And I'm the other reason we're not we're not, you know, running this until 2032 is because Natalie Reese was kind enough to step in and lend her coloring skills to the book. Um, so I'd hand off my ink pages. She'd get on coloring them, um, and absolutely killed it. I'm I'm I just got my author copy in the mail uh, yesterday, and um, and her colors look so fan like they look good on screen, but they look really nice printed out. Um, wow, she did a fantastic job. So Natalie Reese, uh, thank you so much for your help bringing bubble to everybody. Yeah, shout out to Sarah, shout out to Natalie, and I'm just gonna say it. If you listen to this podcast and you're a fan of stuff that doesn't suck. Uh, I think you'd be kind of <laughs> stupid not to get that graphic novel. So everyone should be buying Bubble as soon as there you, you can. go. Do it. Doesn't do it suck. immediately. Immediately. Uh, well, there's not a lot of crossover as far as like blood splatter into The Simpsons, but I am. You know, I know you're both big Simpsons fans, which is why you're on this podcast. Um, and, and this podcast, as I often say, is just sort of a love letter to the Simpsons. It's not, you know, I don't review episodes. I don't do trivia necessarily. I just like to dig into why people, you know, share this like love of the Simpsons and what, what makes it, you know, stick with people into adulthood and why it's such a big part of their brain and their life and their heart and all of that. Um, you know, what does the Simpsons mean to you? I mean, it's, it's, uh, bubble is actually more connected to the Simpsons than, then maybe you're suggesting because there's definitely um, there's one page in there. There's a there's a trivia a pub trivia team, um, and there was a typo in the original script 
and the name of the trivia, trivia team was supposed to be the Discovery Channel, Team Discovery Channel, <laughs> but it was missing one of the ends, so it was Team Discovery Chanel. So now there's a panel with a table of um, sort of peevish-looking fashion boys, um, and then we got into the review process, and Sarah was Sarah was like, "No, that was, it's supposed to be Discovery Channel. It's a Simpsons reference." And as soon <laughs> and as soon as she said that, I'm like, "I don't remember how I know that, but you are absolutely right. That is that is 100 um, percent." And then I was just flipping through it to see where we ended up on that, and it is it is now Discovery Team Discovery Channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was maybe one of the bigger. One of the longer discussions was to keep it would would these guys would these bar trivia guys would they feel like they needed to add something to Team Discovery Channel to make it their own <laughs> or would they just call it Team Discovery Channel? Uh, of course, from the Great Lemon of Troy episode. Yeah, of course. I, and I think both <laughs> jokes would work. I think even if it was Chanel, uh, I feel like people would be like, "Oh, that's clearly a nod." Um, or maybe, I don't know, but I, I would, I would find it very funny regardless. I'll say that <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. But no, I, so when did you get into the show? What does the Simpsons mean to you? What did it mean to you as a kid? And what does it mean now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think this is a, this is a common story people tell about the Simpsons, but it just like, it just felt so new and you just, when you watched it, you know, in its original run, I know it's still in its original run, but when you watch those first, like the, those first, you know, two or three seasons, you were like, "Oh, they've made a show for me. They've just made a show for me." And uh, I'm, you know, can I? Am I the only person in the world who gets these jokes? And then it kind of turns into a little social barometer, a little bit. When you do, you know, I just remember at school we would just. The, me and the, you know, five other Simpsons maniacs that I knew, we would just sit around remembering things from the episode. And, like, that was our social <laughs> time, was, like, who can remember the most things from the episode that aired that <laughs> week? And, yeah, I just, like, remember sitting around and, you know, like, someone going, like, remember the inanimate carbon rod? And then we all would just laugh. <laughs> we would all laugh just like mucusy little dorks. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. It was just this thing that tied that tied us together. I mean, it's like you know, you it was kind of a little you know divining rod to help you find your people, people who kind of had the weird sense of humor, and people who you know, and and I think that the Simpsons, as it continued, just got to be a little bit meta. So I think it it appealed to people who were kind of like pop culture maniacs. If you ingested a lot of pop culture, you got there kind of more self-referential things or the things that, you know, were kind of making fun of the form a little bit. I'm thinking specifically of the episode where Lisa gets gets her braces and the end of that episode is her at the dentist and she says, now that's the tooth and they all laugh and then the <laughs> dentist is like, whoops, I left the gas on. And I remember as a kid seeing that and going like, oh, they're making fun of the end of a sitcom where they all laugh. So, you know, it made you kind of feel smart. It made you feel like you, you know, you kind of got something that not everybody else did. And yeah, and I think it's just stuck around because it is it is so funny. It is so joke dense. And and yeah, and and it, and it just has such a great big heart. You know, it, it just took such such care to like have those character moments and uh 
you know, to make sure you knew that that family loved each other, even though, you know, they were strangling each other and stuff like that, that they were connected and there's so much, there's so much sweet stuff. So yeah, as opposed to, you know, uh, a show like, I don't know, I'll say I'll like Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which is a show that I love. It's a very, very funny show. Totally. But, you know, maybe doesn't hit you in the same way because it is just a stream of insanity, you know? Again, <laughs> which I like. I'm going to I'm going to be I'm going to say I'm here for a stream of insanity, but sure. you know, The Simpsons is so special just because the you know, it has it has that heart too. Yeah, and I like I like what you said before we hear from uh Tony, but I I really like, you know, you say that it sort of helps you find like people like you. And that's something that I talk about a lot on this podcast is you know, there, there's a special connection that I feel like you sort of have with people who like the show that you might not have uh, with people that like other shows. Like, you know, you might know a lot of people that like South Park. You know, we were talking about that earlier. And you might not feel like the same way about all the people that like South Park. You might not, you know, and, and I'm sure there's people that like The Simpsons that are lame. I'm sure I could find them if I really tried. But <laughs> in general, if you meet someone that really likes The Simpsons, you know, as I always say, uh, you're probably going to get along with them. You're probably going to have more in common. Uh, you're going to at least, at, at the very minimum, have a similar sense of humor. So I, I think that's interesting too. Yeah, and wasn't it also? Wouldn't it also have been the first? Like, if you watched a lot of cartoons, it would have been the first cartoon you'd seen at that time when it first aired. Um, like at night. Um, yeah. Or sure. that that was. Like it wasn't a Disney cartoon, it wasn't, because um, I, you know, like I was born in the early '80s and that sort of stuff, and so grew up on like Disney Afternoon and, um, you know, Ducktales and like Saturday morning cartoons and all that sort of stuff. And The Simpsons would have been the first show that, in addition to all of the things Jordan that you mentioned, it would have been would have been the first show that had, like you mentioned, you know. <laughs> You know, Homer strangling Bart and that stuff, but they still all love each other. Like there was there, that is a simple level of complexity that I don't think you saw in cartoons, right? Up to that right. time, except maybe maybe like a good Bugs Bunny cartoon if you're lucky. <laughs> but no, yeah, like my experience was was basically the same thing. Like like Simpsons jokes were 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 buttons that you could press with your friends to make each other laugh. And I like I don't remember a lot about my early experience with the TV show except that nowadays, you know, every time I see something or hear something kind of repetitive, something making a re- repetitive sound, you know, in the back of my mind I'll start hearing like like dental plan, Lisa needs braces, <laughs> dental plan, Lisa needs braces. And you can't look at a at a high score screen or or you can't pick a video game name without thinking of Thrillho yeah. or or th- like there're just some of those things that just sort of are now like permanently lodged in the back of my brain <laughs> hmm. um and I don't know I that so that's sort of the Simpsons legacy with me and that's where I'm at with the Simpsons I've I've fallen off over the years um um <laughs> you know like just like I lost cable for a while <laughs> um and that sort of thing but right well a lot of people do that unfortunately that's like one of the you know the common themes i hear people say that they fell off at a certain point for whatever reason and i mean you know uh, there's there's episodes that are not great so that's understandable at times i do think they're you know they come back strong so i do wish some people had not fallen off but 
Uh, you know, you mentioned you mentioned bowling and looking at a score. Uh, there's an episode where they're bowling. This is like season 12 where uh, Lenny and Carl uh, put poo and ass on the scoreboard. And Homer's <laughs> walking up to, to pick out his name. And they're like, hey, Homer, what do you want your name on the scoreboard to be? And he says, oh, are poo and ass taken? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, damn. Every time I've gone bowling for the last like 15 years, I always think of poo and ass. So I just want to throw that out there for everybody that, that might not have thought, seen that episode. <laughs> they're like mental tattoos. Right. Perfect. Stupid sexy Flanders. Uh. <laughs> oh, uh, speed holes. Yeah. Oh, God. Sure. See, I just like I just like hearing stuff from the show, and then I get to like laugh. You know, it's ah yes, ah that joke is so good. <laughs> it's exactly what you're talking about about this. Like, it's an in joke you have with a surprising amount of people because, and speed holes came up recently in in day to day life for some reason um, with a relative stranger. I'm like, oh, those are speed holes, and you know, we laughed at that. Right. It's like it's like wow, weird. It's. I feel like I, I have a relationship with it the way some people have with going to church, maybe. But like I haven't – say I haven't been to church for two decades. <laughs> that sort of thing. I, I, I As somebody who did not go to church, um, I can only assume that that's kind of what it's like. It's, it's just a little bit of uh, – just like a little bit of an influence that always is always around. Yeah. Yeah. They are kind of like hymns a little bit. You just always know them. And yeah, even if you're a lapsed religious person or a lapsed Simpsons fan, like that stuff is, you know, it's just all, it's just always going to be there. It's always going to be there. How can you prepare sides for a barbecue without thinking that you don't make friends with salad? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fact. I mean, anyone that doesn't think of, you know, the extra, oh, that's a typo or the extra B stands for B Y O B B. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. these things are just yeah. in your brain, you know, um, but but I'm curious to know this. So, Jordan, you know, you talk about writing. Uh, when when did you realize that writing was something that you had a knack for? Like, what was your journey to writing? And what would you say the influence of a show like The Simpsons was on the style or the way that you write? Yeah, I mean, I, I think very early, you know, it, going back to that, you know, time in elementary school, junior high, where I am just like repeating Simpsons jokes to my friends to make them laugh. I think in a just a like a foundational way, you know, before you know how to make your own jokes, you can like, you know, you know what makes this Simpsons thing funny. So you can kind of tell this Simpsons joke to your friends and it kind of like, yeah, kind of you, you're kind of just training your brain on how to make a joke and then eventually you can make your own. But yeah, it, it's it's. Right, it's it's you know kids repeat knock knock jokes before they make their own jokes, and when they try and make their own knock knock jokes, they don't make a, a, a shit of sense. You know, um, so yeah, so I think I uh, you know it, it just kind of taught me about jokes, and I remember when the Simpsons DVDs came out. The DVDs being very big, I don't know what year those started to come out. Maybe I was in high school or kind of early college. I think two thousand and one was the first one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, or, two, that, or maybe two thousand, maybe two thousand. That sounds about right. And um, yeah, they had those commentaries and you could listen to comedy writers talk about comedy writing. And that was such an interesting thing. You know, I grew up in Orange County, but definitely didn't know anyone who was in show business. It's Orange County, very close to L.A., but very far away culturally. Um, So I didn't know that like grownups could be creative for a living. So like I do remember hearing those and going like, okay, yeah, here's some comedy writers. Yeah, okay, all right. These are real, you know, Al Jean is a real person. And, you know, uh, and he, 
and he got this job because he went to Harvard. Okay, I'm not going to go to Harvard, but what can I do? I know he got the job because he's a genius, but uh, there are a lot of Harvard guys who work for that. Well, and because he went to Harvard when he was like 16. So, I mean, come yeah, on. Man. Yeah, sure. Jesus Christ. Um, so, yeah. And, and uh, you know, then when I was in college and kind of ingesting those Simpsons DVDs and kind of starting to do like sketch and improv on my own, I kind of started to think about like, okay, some grown-ups do this and get paid. How how might I do such a thing? So so yeah, that's that's kind of uh how how I started. And you know, The Simpsons has just always been on in the background whether it's in syndication or on DVDs or now on Disney Plus. Uh I even watched it on the FXX app. That's oh, how yeah. old school I <laughs> God, am. God. That terrible um, terrible app. Oh my Daddy, god. I, I kind of I miss the old FXX interface sometimes. That's just It, it had its charm, but it also <laughs> had its it had so many issues. I do like that it had the commentary on there and you it, was great. it, it had the correct ratio well before Of course. Yes. Uh, which which took Disney Plus way too long to fix that, but hey, you know. So, uh, so yeah, and I, you know, so when we were doing Bubble, we we talked a lot about, you know, how to give it moments of heart and moments of character because, you know, Sarah and I, so Sarah and I both have worked in late night where, you know, just the job is to produce pages and pages of jokes with no, you know, without a lot of connective tissue. So, you know, I think we could have just filled this thing with, one-liners if we wanted to but yeah we i think i think we really wanted to make sure that it had character moments and it had quieter moments and you know moments where these people connected and where you knew they cared about each other and i think all of that comes from like the simpsons being the main you know kind of north star for us creatively (laughs) absolutely um, well, I mean, if, if you were to, you know, let's say you got the opportunity to write an episode of The Simpsons and this sort of, uh, I guess this will partially give a, a sneak preview of an, of a question that's later, but if you were ever going to write an episode of The Simpsons, what character do you think it would focus on? I mean, you know, as, if, if we're not considering that, <laughs> who have there been too many episodes about, uh, no. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think, I think. A lot of if you were kind of a brainy kid and if you were kind of a book kid, you always you always consider yourself a Lisa, you know. Um, So, yeah, I I like her. I think she's so funny and, you know, a character whose funniness I kind of grew to appreciate. So, yeah, I I love, you know, I love anytime Lisa is so into her beliefs that she, you know, can't see the forest for the trees and how she... You know how she how she contrasts with the family. She's just so hilarious. So yeah, I would I and I and of the modern episodes I've seen, um, you know, it is really funny to see Lisa in the you know age of social media and stuff like that. So I I, I think she's great. And uh, yeah, that that would be that that was that would probably be the first batch of things I would pitch. That's the correct answer. Lisa is the best character on The Simpsons. I'm sorry to upset anybody, but it's true. I think that, there's got to be a charm though, to or like a challenge. It would be a, an interesting challenge to set yourself to write a good Bart episode. Right. Like just go to Bart. Because I, I don't know if your guys' experience was the same, but it felt to me like Simpsons started off as a Bart show and then turned into the Homer show. Yep. Right. Over the years. Um mm-hmm. You know, at least over the first ten seasons or so, and that sort of thing, and then sort of um, s- sort of stayed the Homer show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it would be, like it would be kind of funny to not funny. I mean, it would be difficult, and it, I think it would be an interesting challenge to see what you could still get out of 
Bart without maybe <laughs> right. um, a dumb maybe, bad um, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, without maybe uh, retreading a lot of the the area because I, you know, obviously he's very well traveled. But um, sure, it'd be interesting to see what you could get there. I've always said that I would like to see more like Marge episodes. Like I feel like there's a lot of uh, you know unexplored territory around like Marge mm-hmm. and her father and just her family in general. Uh, because the story of her dad sort of changes a lot, or like, oh, he he was a flight attendant, and oh, never mind, he was this. And I think there's like so much that never really got properly explored with Marge. And same could be said for like Otto. Uh, <laughs> I mean, even even Ned, even Barney. Like, there's a lot of. Uh, I think there's a lot of avenues that I would be really interested to see deeper stories about. And at this point, like they've had a lot of time to do it, and I'm sure there's even a couple that I'm not thinking of, but. There's so many different characters they could build whole universes around. It's kind of uh, insane to think about that. Is Duffman better or worse if we know more about his backstory? <laughs> Possibly worse. I feel like that's a coin toss. <laughs> yeah. Possibly worse. <laughs> but that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one yeah, to, to d- get some more yeah, background Duffman, Disco Stew, Hans Molman. Oh, Again, Disco maybe these are characters Stew. who have had full episodes. Um <sighs> But, I've um, seen I've seen every episode and I still couldn't tell you with certainty that they have. Okay, <laughs> it is amazing how Disco Stew was invented just for one joke, but has stuck around in that world and is still funny every time Disco Stew comes up. Is like it's great and it's so funny that he came just because Homer was making a rhinestone jacket and wanted to write Disco Stud. Ran out of room for that D, yeah, which is really incredible. I love that so much. Uh, well, you know, I will ask you this, Tony, then in terms of art, uh, I don't know if you grew up, you know, looking at Simpsons comics or if it was just watching the show, uh, but did the Simpsons have any influence on you wanting to become an artist or, uh, did you just like, did you like the way it looked? Did it have any impact on you at all in that way? Um, I, after graduating, well, (laughs) so yeah, I was, I was an art and a writing kid through high school and then I graduated and went into fine art, but I really found my, my happy place, uh, studying animation. And there was a thing that I think maybe, maybe it was the Simpsons influence, but there was a thing in animation where I'm like, well, we don't always have to animate everything to look like a Disney princess movie. Like, I know that right. that is, as far as Western culture goes, that's sort of the apex of of commercial-style fine animation. Yes. But, you know, like you know, like I said, like, we grew up the, with The Simpsons, and and so throughout the, throughout animation school, I was always kind of like, but can we make it, like, a little bit more <laughs> like what we saw in The Simpsons, where I, I feel like I... I internalized a lot of the very, they have visual gags in there, which I don't know if you could have written like things like, which, you know, like now it's an extremely popular, uh, animated GIF online with, with Homer <laughs> receding into the shrub, ah, perfect. <laughs> like just backwards into the shrub. It's like, like fantastic. Like, do you write that? How do you get that? How do you get that joke? Which is just so it's not, it's not a joke, even. It's just something that's funny because of the way it's animated. It's um, and so I don't know. I can't help but think that a lot of lessons from The Simpsons came in came in that way, just like you know, internalized, tattooed again on the back of your brain. Yeah. Just like this is what makes a funny shot. This is what makes a funny cut. 
um, this is a funny expression on a character's face. Like, I, I don't know. The, the Simpsons is definitely in there. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like this thing that, um, you know, the Simpsons is a, is a perfect, uh, you know, I often say that it's like the perfect juxtaposition of like, they got the, the perfect people to write for the show. They got the perfect people to draw the characters and animate the show. They got the perfect people to voice the characters. And, you know, that's funny when you talk about the art style and it's like such a simple art style. Um, it almost is too simple for the modern era, which is kind of why it's so charming. It's like, they're almost like too simple to be as HDified as they are in 2021, <laughs> which is, I mean, is, is well, wild. certainly, certainly if you go back and you look at some of the old episodes and you have an eye for, good solid modern animation some of that stuff looks really rough which from a from a technical perspective as an animator some of it is not great animation you know there's <laughs> popping around there's jumping there's bad masking and that sort of stuff um but i just i just look at that you know kind of basically what you're what you're saying you look at that and you're like okay well i'm an animator and so it hurts to realize this and tell this to myself but animation is not that important to the success of an animated show <laughs> like your characters your humor do so much of that work sure well uh, it, it, i might even say wouldn't would you say tony that maybe part of the initial appeal of the simpsons was that it like like that it was a little rough around the edges it had kind of a you know, it it is it is based on the drawing of Matt Groening's alternative right. newspaper comics, so it did kind of look a little more doodled. Is, or is that maybe not what you're talking about? Um, that's a great question, Jordan. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> like te technically, the animation quality is probably about as good as any TV show from that time period. Um, at least, again, talking about like the really early episodes, and I, I certainly would not have been able to pick up on like really fine grained differences in the animation between that and other shows. But it's you know it's certainly I think it, I, it definitely benefits from not being too polished. I think right because if it was too polished, I think I think that would sap some of the life from it. Well, and and you also hear like, I mean, I've had Wes Archer on the podcast and you hear him say like, you know, he, he was killing himself. I mean, he was, you know, most directors mm. do like two episodes a season. He was doing like five, six, seven episodes sometimes. And, you know, he lo you look at a classic like Rosebud and it still drives him nuts that he feels like Johnny <laughs> Ramone doesn't do the right sort of kick. He's like, yeah, I don't feel like I got that right, you know. Uh, so I, I think there's there's a certain amount of love with that imperfection that is super appealing. And that's why you talk to people like that and they love the way it looks now, even though fans would kill to have it look the way it looked in, you know, 94. Hmm. And I mean, all things, you know, like I'll make another example. You know, you talk about great animation. Uh, did either one of you watch Invincible? Oh, yeah, I did watch Invincible. Not yet. Not yet. I thought Invincible was fantastic. You know, again, I'm not like uh, an expert on animation, so I cannot speak to some of the finer details. But there was one scene at the dinner table where multiple, uh, at least one or two um, items of food on the table would disappear between shots. <laughs> and uh, that just drove me insane. I was like, I cannot believe someone uh, did not catch that and that that just got put out that way. 
So, you know, even, even gr- things that are apparently great and, and well animated in the modern era, they just miss things on the table. You know, I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the Simpsons meme community, uh, the Simpsons kind of meme and, you know, YouTube remix community. And a lot of the things that get, you know, memed into the ground are moments when the characters looked weird and off model. So, you know, again, I'm sure that's something that if you directed an episode, you're like, oh, why did I make Bart look so weird when he was facing the front? But <laughs> it's that weird face that he makes that has, you know, launched a thousand gifts. It's that, uh, you know, moment when, you know, Mo says, you know, when someone's dissing your fly girl, you give him one of these. And he does that <laughs> crazy dance that is, you know, where he moves nowhere near like he would move you know at any other point in the show but it's that it's that weird moment of dissonance or maybe this shouldn't be happening that i think makes those things so memorable and so like infinitely reusable for sure and i mean think about this like when they drew bart uh when they drew the simpsons period they never considered uh what they would have to do if they ever wore sunglasses and that's why you notice (laughs) if they ever wear sunglasses especially in like old merchandise and things like that uh, they had to like, you know, make Bart's face look different because otherwise there's no place for the glasses uh, to go. And I mean, all, all those little weird imperfections are just you know part of the charm. Um, are Simpsons animation cells out on the collector market? Totally. Is it possible? Like, can you find any cells that where, say, the uh, the <laughs> the painter uh, accidentally, you know, forgot to paint Marge's hair blue? Or that sort of thing. Oh, that's interesting. You know, I I, I would assume that that is out there. I mean, so the the weird thing about animation cells uh, is that you can sometimes find one for like, I don't know, $300. But then like the one of Barney and Linda Ronstadt in the hot tub sold for like $48,000. That's real. (laughs) Wow. It literally sold for like $48,000. And I mean, I own cells... Um, and you guys might be able to see them. No one at home can, but there's one here from season one. And then there's one here from three men in a comic book of Barton Millhouse fighting in the treehouse. And I got those for absurdly good deals, but then you'll see others sell for thousands of dollars. <laughs> I would love to know if there's some that are imperfect out there. Uh, I will say it, sort of on that same topic, Tony made me think of this. Uh, have either of you ever seen the TV guide cover with like the little mermaid and the Ninja Turtles and Bart just looks totally bootleg. Like he looks insane. <laughs> like it's one of the worst drawings of Bart ever. I can't <laughs> believe great. it's licensed. Uh, recently the original of that, or at least a like, uh, you know, like a, a copy that would be approved, like an, like a sample copy before they send it off to the printers uh, popped up on eBay. So anyone that's listening to this, uh, you could probably search that. I think it's dated like 1988. So that's probably why Bart looks so weird. Uh, but one of the early proofs <laughs> for that is on eBay. So uh, actually, Tony, I think you need to get that before anyone else hears this episode. Well, I, I mean, I will say in defense of all these poor artists and their goofs, um, there are like we definitely did a round of revisions on Bubble where <laughs> where the copy editor uh, or our editor was like, hey, Tony, you forgot to draw, you know, 
Morgan's armband on her here, 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 and here. And Van is missing his uh, his chest cam here, 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 here. <laughs> yeah. um, and we have characters just, with tattoos and bubble. I'm sure that was uh, like <laughs> kind of tough to keep straight, right? Uh, those they are intentionally drawn, sort of like squiggly and and generally just so I just to spe- specifically to avoid this problem <laughs> and you get the added benefit of you get to imagine exactly the tattoo that you would want to see there <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just like a fill in your own adventure but with tattoos i really like that i dig that um well so another thing that you know i i, I mostly have this podcast to like praise the simpsons and just sort of <laughs> you know pick brains about why it's awesome but i'm always curious if if people have unpopular opinions or at least like you know Maybe maybe the basis for an argument or like, man, why do you always say this episode's great? It sucks or whatever it may be. Uh, do either one of you have something like that that comes to mind? I'm curious. I mean, uh, sorry. Go ahead, Tony. Oh, no, I was just going to jump in on um, and Warren, I think you've, you guys have talked about this previously, but the, the very basic fundamental opinion that they have got worse over the years. My maybe this is controversial, maybe not, but I think there are two factors. That one, I did see a more recent episode within the last few years, and I was like, "Wait a minute, this is funny. This is great. What, is, <laughs> what are people talking about?" Um, and I wonder, I I wonder if it is maybe a factor of like if we all grow up um, drinking this Kool Aid, watching this show every week, and it becomes the sort of thing where you where you can just like if it if it digs it gets its claws into you as deep as as the simpsons has then how does a show respond to that how do you stay funny when so many people's sense of humor has been formed by watching your tv show like that's right. an impossible task for any writer so i don't know how much of it is that but it also i th- <laughs> i was listening to warren you talk to um nina and ian Oh, yeah. Um, Love that episode. Episode 34, if anyone hasn't heard it, go listen. Yes, also Vancouverites. Um, yeah, there you go. Oh. Anyway, all to, all to say, um, yeah, we're too hard maybe on these on these more recent episodes. And, and I think I want to I get in and, and sort of dig back through those guys. Yeah, I, I, I don't watch every new episode, but I definitely, every season, watch a handful of them. And yeah, I kind of have that ex- same experience that you had, Tony, this feeling of like, this is funny. When do you laugh this much <laughs> watching TV? Basically never. Like, this is hilarious. And and yeah, and there's still like, some of those old writers are still there. Like, you know, and they're still the hilarious people that they were, you know. So, so yeah, I I, I think, you know, we, we come from a, of a, from a generation and from a kind of sort of man who is, you know, <laughs> <laughs> likely to kind of dig into pop culture in this kind of extreme way. And, um, you know, I had kind of a parallel um, experience um, a, a couple years ago, like, so yes, we're all around the same age. I loved Green Day. There is a there's a there's a little <laughs> you know there's a five album run of Green Day that I just love. I can put in any of Jordan, them. Jordan, why do you sound like you're like confessing that? Like you're like, look, I'm, I like Green Day. Okay, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a like. Yes, of course I love Green Day. But, uh, look at me. I'm a yeah. I'm on a Simpsons podcast promoting my fucking comic book. Yes, I love Green Day. Yes, you got me. <laughs> there's, um, there's somebody out there who's like these pieces do not add up 
Who is this enigma? Who is this? What multitudes this man contains? <laughs> um. So does he also drive a Prius? He does. Oh my god! Oh my god! Um. So, but I remember a time when I like got a new Green Day album. I'm like, oh no, they fucking suck now. Fuck this. And you know, and I kind of just wrote them off. And I kind of just like, well, I'll I'll listen to these you know five or six albums that I love. But I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna care about what these guys do because I guess they suck now. And I, you know, remember just kind of driving down the street and driving past a venue where Green Day was playing, and I'm like, wow, Green Day's here. And I remember looking at the line, and it wasn't a lot of dudes my age. It was like it was like teens and 20-somethings. And right. just this feeling about, oh, to them, you know, Green Day is the most recent album that they put out. And that stuff that I like, probably doesn't sound like green day to them you know it's it's the songs aren't orchestral and nine minutes long that's not green day you know so <laughs> i i am sure that you know we're we're kind of an echo chamber with dudes like ourselves but i'm sure to a lot of people like the simpsons started when they started watching it and right i'm sure there's people who tune in you know who think that the old episodes you know are <laughs> slow and look bad and aren't crazy enough and and so yeah i i, I think it is you know, I think it is, I think that, you, you know, just, just, there's an age where stuff means more to you. There's an age when pop culture means more to you. And I think whenever you find something, you'll kind of lock in like that. And, you know, I, you know, nothing, nothing will ever mean as much to me as the B Sharps episode. Right. But that's because <laughs> I saw it at the right time. So I'm right. sure that there are people out there who are just locked into a different phase of the show. Yeah. And there's people that, you know, they do probably, um, you know, they, they see when the show started looking, let's say tighter or more, sure. you know, whatever words you want to use. And they're like, oh, this looks better. So I like it more. I'm sure there are, you know, certain generations of people that they look at the quality more than like just the, the grassroots comedy humor of those early seasons. And they probably appreciate them in different ways. I mean, people get so tight about this fact, but there are people that definitely like newer seasons more. I know that sounds insane, but there has to be people <laughs> that prefer a certain chunk of seasons in the modern era more. And I'd be curious, Tony, I feel like what you might've been referencing in the Ian and uh, Nina episode is talking about them modernizing the show a little bit, like letting them live in different eras, which is a thing that a lot of people get mad about. And I just don't have an issue with that. Is that, is that maybe what you were thinking about? There are a few things. I mean, there's a thing generally in culture, and I, I can think of it most easily using uh, the metaphor like video games, where, you know, say the three of us are having a conversation, we're talking about video games, maybe we're not talking about World of Warcraft, which came out 20 years ago or something, Um and so it's not the new hotness, and what is there to talk about it necessarily, except that there's several million people there is an, ent there's an <laughs> entire community of people who feel completely different about it and i'm sure it's the same for the simpsons it's like exactly what you're describing there people yes people who love the new episodes that sort of thing um i wonder it felt tell me if this if this sounds like a familiar pattern or if this is just me it's like it felt like the simpsons you know three acts right 
first act is was always kind of very joke dance. Yep. Um, and not necessarily always related to the thing. And then the next two acts, the you know, act two and three, sort of resolved whatever story they hit on at the commercial break from act one. Um, but then it felt like there got to be a couple of seasons where the first act was just absurd. <laughs> this is just me thinking back to like my experience. Just like there would be several episodes maybe that I watched in sequence where it's just like, what does this first have to act have to do with anything? Um, yeah. Whereas you know, like I just recently watched uh, the most recent episode I watched was Hurricane Nettie um, <laughs> because because. Um, Load-bearing poster is a joke that oh, has always stuck around sure. in the back of my head for. I think about my that joke life. every day, easily. Right? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, when it, you, every hammering something done something, just a little voice in the back of your head, so like load-bearing poster. Um, so I was watching <laughs> that, and it is like the first ten minutes or eight minutes, whatever. First act is dense jokes about the coming hurricane, and then it turns into an episode about. Uh, Ned reconciling his his faith and and bad things happening to him, um, and that sort of thing. But what I was trying to get around to is like, have we do modern episodes have modern episodes changed from that rhythm? Because I feel like I've seen an episode or two where it feels more cohesive, where it feels like that first act, second act, and third act do flow more naturally together. I, I think they've learned that lesson a little bit because, uh, you know, I'll give a shout out to Bob and Henry over at Talking Simpsons. Um, also a very early episode of this podcast, like episode three. Uh, those guys are great. Uh, they recently did uh, Homer, H-O-M-R, on Talking Simpsons. And, uh, you know, they point out that that episode, like they they had a lot of ill feelings about that episode, or at least Henry did, whereas I always thought that was a great episode, especially in the era that it is. Uh, you know, Homer finds out he has a crayon in his brain. They take it out. He gets smart. And I know a lot of people have weird thoughts about that one, but um, I think one thing that they pointed out that I did actually see uh, after hearing it was the first act is so absurd and it takes so long to get to the heart at the end where him and Lisa connect. By the time they get to that point, which is so pivotal to the story, there's like seven or eight minutes left in the episode. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it starts with a sturgeon falling on their car. I mean, you talk about an absurd premise. It's just bananas. Uh, so to that point, I do think in the modern era, you know, I think the relationship between the show and its fans has gotten to a point where, uh, they don't get so tied up in the criticism and they actually, you know, listen to valid points. Like I've heard Al Jean say specifically that if he hears, a, you know, someone comment on the show in a way that he actually thinks is valid, he'll go, hey, that's a good point. You know, we'll keep that in mind. So I do think that there is something to that where they have become a little more cohesive. They've almost gotten tighter and less. I mean, they're still wacky, but I do think that there is some sense of, you know, um, more of a through line in some of the modern episodes. So that's an interesting point, Tony. Which would, because if they can do that, like that goes back, Jordan, to the point you made, I, I think when we were recording, or was it before we were recording? <laughs> a point you made <laughs> where like Simpsons has that heart. And if they can do that thing where they manage to get the Simpsons humor and the heart all working together with like a cohesive 
<laughs> a cohesive storyline. That's something that you didn't see in a lot of the um, in a lot of the shows that came in the Simpsons wake. Yeah, I I, I don't want to like, and I I don't want to say that it is not a valid pursuit to create a show that is just a joke delivery system. That's great. I sure. think you should leave is now on, and that is just <laughs> that is just jokes and weirdness, and it's great, and I'm glad it exists. And you know, I, you know, and I like the occasional episode of Family Guy. You know, that is a like mean show that is just there to do mean jokes, and you know, sometimes it's too much, but sometimes I'm like, eh, you know, what I this is this is hitting me right. And <laughs> all right, Jordan, it's been fun, man. Talk to you later. <laughs> oh no, my suit's <laughs> cutting out. Um. Yeah, I know. A debatable opinion, I know. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I think that is that is a fine kind of show to make. But but I think the reason that The Simpsons is The Simpsons, and I think the reason that South Park did The Simpsons Did It episode is because, you know, it's just, it it's so huge. And, you know, I know it felt when we were kids like it was this kind of special little thing that we were into with our, you know, dumb smelly child buddies but like <laughs> you know it was it was huge it like it changed pop culture it changed comedy so i think it's you know it just had a it just had a special special little uh special little soup of things going on yeah that's great no n- neither one of you really gave me an unpopular opinion but i like the discussion that, <laughs> that led to and also this is the point in the podcast where i want to apologize for my cat that is crying at my door uh, I feel like I say this every now and again on the <laughs> podcast, and I never actually end up hearing it in the end. But just so everyone knows, my cat is is desperately crying for me outside the door, um, which does make me curious, Jordan. I meant to ask this up top. I know you have a cat that I've heard you talk about in a, in a few places. Oh, uh, yeah. How is your cat right now? She's doing good. Yeah, she was over here a minute ago, but she I thought I saw is a tail. now somewhere else. Good story, huh, Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> the cat was here, and now she's somewhere else. The cat came into the Zoom window, and now she is no longer in the Zoom window. Yeah, she's fun. Like, she got a new collar yesterday and a new catnip banana, which she uh. loved. Um, the banana's a lot of fun. It's you know a, a kind of a felt banana filled with catnip, and it's great because it's just the perfect size for them to do that thing where they hold it with their front paws and then death kick it with their back paws. It's just like the perfect shape for that. So Love that. yeah, if you, if you got a cat out there and you're looking for a fun time, I recommend catnip banana. Yeah, the, the banana is really <laughs> fun. That's a quote that should be on a t-shirt. Also, uh, you know, I, I, this is a very cat positive podcast, as I've said several times. I love cats. And uh, for those who don't know, when a cat holds something and kicks it like that, uh, that is their instinct to what an animal does in the wild when they're trying to break the neck of their enemy. So right. anyone that didn't know that, that is a very evil thing they're doing. Pretty badass. Yeah. Very cute. To- very cute to see. Tony, that. do you have any pets? Um, <laughs> I do not. I, I do have a... Uh, well, all right. Very, so anyway... A very, uh, small, uh, <laughs> a very hot, small um, human living with us. He has a toy banana as well. Oh. Um, he he holds it in his front paws and kicks it with his feet. I don't know. I don't know what this means for us in the future. Brutal. Um, yeah, I mean, but like I sleep with one eye open and a nightlight on. <laughs> well, the I have to, the only you know, thing to do. <laughs> as, as, even though this is a Simpsons podcast, I find a moment to bring up cats in every episode. Um, so we will move on to a, a segment. I actually do have a segment in the show called the big <laughs> three. Uh, that is just three questions about the Simpsons that I ask everyone on, except for people from the show, really. Um, and the first one is favorite character and why. 
I'm going to start with Jordan. Yeah, sure. I mean, I I, so I already talked a little bit about Lisa, which is just for the for the sake of variety. I will say that fuck every Mr. Burns episode is killer. Every Burns centric episode is so funny. He's such a great villain. I love the fact that he is. He just like exists out of time. He just has been there for every historical epoch. Like, yeah, and he's just a great combination of like evil guy, but also just like frail old man. So, uh, yeah, speaking of just like things you can say that stick in the back of your head, I I just (laughs) always remember that one where he goes to the Mayo Clinic and he's on the treadmill and he just says, I'm a big boy. (laughs) Just the fact that (laughs) the, the fact that he is so evil, but also just this this kind of pathetic invalid at the same time. It's such a funny combo. And yeah, and I, just anytime I anytime I, I do anything, I just in the Mr. Burns voice want to say, I'm a big boy. I'm a big boy. I think that's also a good lit, litmus test is when you think of the characters, like how useful have all of their catchphrases and utterances been to me? Right. Um, certainly being able to, to say excellent throughout the years has, <laughs> oh, been, yeah. has been a delight. Uh, also, I was saying Boo Burns. Um, <laughs> kind of, kind of like honestly, my my first thought is like maybe it's Hans Mormon, just just for that one line. Yeah, I mean, just pure, just pure like batting average, you know, like Hans Mollman. <laughs> basically, everything he's ever said has been funny. That's true. He's he's deployed perfectly and acting yeah. with like deadly accuracy. <laughs> yeah, he, he does not miss. I cannot name a single bad Hans Molman joke. That is a fact. But it is also it's also extremely fun to walk into and out of scenario like <laughs> personal in person human happenings with the Duff Man voice <laughs> to just be oh, like, yeah. I am barbecuing now. <laughs> um, or like just whatever you do, I I need to pee, and just the, the fact he... that his name is Barry also just very funny. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's that's it feels. Look, I don't want to cop out. I think I'm still picking between those guys. Um, I feel like I feel like it, no, no challenge could be more difficult because of all the way that all of the different characters from The Simpsons represent different aspects of a complete human personality. So true. Uh, that's it. That's it. Man, I was saying Boo Earns. Yeah. Just... <laughs> I mean, you could put that on my tombstone. Why not? Yeah. I would not yeah. be unhappy with that. It's perfect. It's perfect. Well, this is an even harder question then. Uh, who is your least favorite character? Whoever wants to go first. <laughs> oh, who, who sort of annoys you? Who is a character? Maybe you think they're overrated or you just don't really enjoy their episodes. I will say that when I was young, I always rolled my eyes at a Lisa episode. Because I made, I look. I know, I know. No, I, I, I'm I, kinda, seeing, I, I'm I think I know where you're coming. I know where you're other, coming from. I think here. that, yeah, she's. <laughs> I because I I grew up associating them with episodes that were just a little more earnest than I was ready for. That's a good point. Uh, and I want I wanted Homer to be strangling Bart a lot. Now <laughs> that is not to say that Lisa remains my least favorite character, because um, that that I think I think is I think it's impossible for that to be true. Um, yeah. For reasons that I think you've discussed before on the show, um, so I'm <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I'll I'll put in a I'll 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 just say a blanket um, celebrity cameo who seems like they're phoning it in. Yeah, <laughs> that's always my least favorite, and I think that you know it's something that a criticism about modern Simpsons that I think has some you know 
it is kind of valid is that the celebrity cameo thing is a little overboard and they're always playing themselves and sometimes they don't do a great job. Jordan, you, know, you don't you love those, the Lady Gaga episode? Come on, man. <laughs> I, well, I do think the Lady Gaga episode is pretty funny. I did, That is one that I watched. I remember thinking she did a good job and they did a, a fun job with her. But I, you know, I, the Elon Musk one was on God. FX the other day. I'm like, this sucks. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, he's bad. Do we all like? Saying, do we all like the um, uh, uh, the Stephen Hawking cameo? I like that. Oh one. yeah, that's funny. I don't know if it maybe is offensive, but I uh, I remember thinking him saying, uh, "Yeah, God, what are, what are the when he's helping them defend?" It's the, the Mensa casino. episode, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a Mensa, and it's like so when you see a. I remember that being like a really good cameo, feeling like a really good, funny cameo um, when I first saw it. And and when you got a good cameo like that, when you see a bad one, you're just like, come on, guys. You know, you can <laughs> I mean, do better the good, than this. The good, the good ones are good. Buzz Aldrin, the Ramones. Yes. <laughs> go to hell you old bastard <laughs> I think they like this <laughs> I've, I've actually said this in one other episode and I'll just this sort of ties into the unpopular opinion and a few of my listeners right now are going Warren you've said this like 10 times and I'm going to say it again uh, I, I honestly think the Buzz Aldrin performance is one of the worst in the show no way mm. careful oh, no, hold on hold on <laughs> hold on he every single time he talks in Deep Space Homer I have a hard time. I always think to myself, man, I wonder how many times they had him read that for that to be the best one. Because <laughs> it is the most like I'm telling a story in front of the class reading I've ever heard. And maybe that's harsh, but uh, okay. something about that one just doesn't doesn't do it for me. It's better than Elon Musk. Elon but I mean, Musk. What, we can all any, agree. Adam West, though, the fucking yeah. Adam West one is oh, yeah. just great, isn't it? It's great. How come Batman doesn't dance anymore? (laughs) (laughs) The bat to see. Remember the bat to see? (laughs) Well, okay. So tell me, uh, and we've talked about so many episodes uh, in this episode, but uh, what what are three of your favorites? It doesn't have to necessarily be your top three, but if you were going to show someone the Simpsons and they had never seen it, what three are you going with? I, you know, I, uh, I think about this a lot. Surprise, surprise. I like to make lists of my favorite things. Uh, I think the three that come to mind immediately my three, are my three favorite Green Day albums are. <laughs> Here they are. <laughs> Fucking nothing before 1999. I can tell you that much. Damn right. Um, uh, when Maggie makes three, I think is probably the best episode of The Simpsons. Uh, not. I don't. I, you know, I'll, I'll hear some other arguments, but, uh, it's kind of the best, uh, I think. Marge Be Not Proud is the best, but you're, it's, Marge it's Be Not Proud one. is great. I agree. Marge Be Not Proud is terrific. <laughs> uh, also a Jennifer Crittenden, if I, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, Marge Be Not Proud is Mike Scully. Oh, okay. Well, but wait, which one did Jennifer write now? Now I can't remember, but it's, she's done some great ones. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Just uh, a, a legendary way. Simpsons writer. She has a new For show sure. on called Housebroken. That is great. It's on that wow. Fox animation Sunday block. Yeah. Check Damn. out uh, Housebroken. Really funny. I'm going to watch that um, today. Uh, so when Maggie makes three and Homer the heretic, I love uh, as someone who kind of like grew up going to church, I kind of love the gentle face kicks it takes at religion i think it's just a great example of the simpsons being very funny and very humane at the same time and uh fear of flying i think fear of flying has the greatest first act that greatest first nonsensical act where homer is looking for homer's looking for the new bar to drink at i think that's just like 
the the greatest and some good uh some really funny uh performances from the cast of cheers in that little uh first yeah. act too yeah so those are my top three this lesbian bar doesn't have a fire exit <laughs> enjoy your death trap ladies yeah. <laughs> i am i am in over my head i do not know the name of a single episode i would absolutely give somebody a treehouse of horror most likely the mo- the monkey's paw episode oh yeah so yeah. good great uh, i mean how many green day song titles do you know tony <laughs> <laughs> yes definitely more than zero um, do, as long as there are no follow-up questions more than zero um, <laughs> no further questions <laughs> uh, ev- um, episode titles are tough man uh, you have to be how, insane like me to remember stuff like that at what point did you learn all the episode titles and why <laughs> the dvds well, it was I, yeah. for me it was oh, okay, being okay, obsessed okay. with the dvds so you had to like select them from a menu so 100 <laughs> percent. yeah um, i you know and, and i'm that guy that i do sort of like you know i joke about song titles I, I hear people say like yeah you know i'm that guy that like you know I, I just know the album i don't really know song titles for some reason i like always had a knack for like remembering that part of it so when it comes to an episode if i don't have the name perfect i at least know like you know three words in the title so i like i'm almost there but it's tough (laughs) yeah so i gotta be monkey's paw is that is monkey's paw one that one that also ends with them with the donuts raining out of the sky and the lizard tongues and that sort of thing Oh no, that's the uh, the time toaster. I forget yes. what the uh, yes, title of that you. is. That's another oh, great shoot. treehouse. Is though. it all just going to be treehouse horror? I mean, episodes? which is, which is fine. Um, tree treehouse treehouses rarely miss, and uh, I mean that that's like a that's like a safe answer. And now there's as many as there are days in October. So there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of the challenges, of course, also is that if somebody has never seen The Simpsons, what kind of Simpsons do you want to? introduce them to like again feeling like a lot of the early episodes were bart and lisa school heavy type episodes maybe and then we get into you know homer going to space you know inanimate carpet rod etc etc um do you want to get higher than you've ever been in your life (laughs) become an astronaut sure (laughs) i was laughing just laughing in the car about that the other day I, I think of I think of it begins anytime I'm like on a diet and I eat something bad. Yeah, it begins. <laughs> that was non alcoholic champagne. <laughs> yeah, you know I, I think it to, I will say to to chime in on on that sort of sub question, Tony, because I, I I think I've decided that probably and this is this has become an, an ongoing theme that's probably going to get me made fun of in my email. Uh, but I think if you had to name like the best episode to show anyone that had never seen The Simpsons. Even though I don't think it's the best episode of the show, I think it might be Bart's Comet. Uh, I think that might be one of the funniest, like, one-two punch episodes uh, that would, would bring someone in and give them a good window into what the show is. Uh, so I, that, that, mm. that's been my standby answer lately. I mean, like, one of the other challenges is, like, I, what I would want most for anybody is to be able to watch that first Treehouse of Horror. What season was the first Treehouse of Horror? Season like two. Second, okay. So you've already seen a season and a half probably of Simpsons. And then you, you know, there's no other animated show like this on TV, I don't think. And then all of a sudden this Halloween episode comes up and it's taking <laughs> all of the characters that you love and doing absolutely absurd things with them. And it's just <laughs> like, 
to be able to recapture the feeling of having seen that for the first time is would be like a would be a real treat. Oh so, yeah. I mean seeing a show like that do Edgar Allan Poe, you know, like right away. It's crazy. You'd have to be able to plug something into the back of someone's skull probably to, for the full effect. Fullest effect. It would probably you'd probably still have to hit a switch in order for it to be full screen or or four by three. But there you go. It's like that that is what I would want for someone. Yeah. No, I I like that. I like that. Um well so you know, a large reason that I have a podcast and the reason I have an Instagram where I post my collection and all of this sort of thing is because I decided to collect Simpson stuff like eight years ago. Uh, so I like to ask people when they come on, like, w- did, did either one of you have merchandise from the show as a kid? Did you wear Bart t-shirts? Did you, did you have the Burger King dolls? Did you have, did you, did you care about the merchandise at all uh, in your youth? Yeah. So what did I have? I had a, a bootleg Bart piggy bank. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. That's nice. That I think my parents got from the uh, side of the road. Uh, video <laughs> games, certainly uh, looking back, those are very bad video games, but I Awful. played the hell out of Bart wow. versus the space mutants. Uh, is that the one Bart's where you're nightmare. Skate- Is that the one that starts off you skateboarding on the great wall of China? No, that is Bart versus the world, which is okay. arguably worse in my opinion. Some people say it's better, but as bad as space mutants is, um, I do think there's a, a bit of charm to it. It's just impossibly hard, but yeah, go on. Yeah, I think as a kid, we hard to, we didn't know video games were bad. They just were, but yeah, a lot of <laughs> Simpsons video games and yeah. Was there any other cherished Simpsons stuff I had? Not really. I had a, uh, a friend got me a Bart as Michael Jordan slam dunking mirror Oh yes. <laughs> so yeah, love the bootleg stuff. Uh, it broke in uh, an earthquake. Actually, fell off the wall during oh, an earthquake and Jesus. Uh, broke. So I'm bummed. Bummed that's gone. But uh, yeah, I think that is the extent of it. I don't have too much other Simpsons stuff. Um, well, I'm gonna, I'm going to keep my eye out for a mirror like that again. And if I do, I'll send you a link. Oh please, that would be amazing. Yeah. Oh, and I have the uh, I got I got some stuff from the Simpsons did the Vans collab recently. Yeah. I got some socks and uh, uh, and some some uh, some Vans with Simpsons stuff on it. Those are really cool. Yeah, they made a mistake on the Mister Plow shoes, and I'm just going to mention that one more time. And I swear I'll never bring it up again. They got the phone number wrong. That drives me insane. Come on. Vans. Oh, that sucks. I you love you guys, but why'd you right. why'd you do that? Come on, you got to get yeah. the phone number right. Tony, what about you? Um, I I almost certainly did, but I would just tell I would tell you a brief story wherein. Um, I had a birthday party. And this was very exciting. We were all going to go to Chuck E. Cheese, is what I was told. In <laughs> fact, my parents had secured tickets to an early premiere of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, mm-hmm. and which was a surprise to me. So we were getting in the car and you know driving out to the movie theater, and, and we're like, I'm like, why are we going to a movie theater? And I'm like, well, we've got a surprise for you. And then it turned out to be the movie. I'm like, <laughs> now, if you were my parents at that time, this would have been a slam. You would have thought this would be a slam dunk. Like, oh, yeah. Your kid no should have been off the wall. I had never been to Chuck E. Cheese before. And so I was, I think I would, I must have been distraught because they later like i think a month later or a few weeks later like okay 
we'll take you to Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> <laughs> um, to make up for having surprised you with what should have been the greatest Something cooler. Gift. Yeah, with, much cooler. Um, my poor parents um, took us to Chuck E. Cheese. And you know what we did at Chuck E. Cheese is we spent the entire time there feeding quarters into the Simpsons arcade machine. Yeah. Until we beat it. Yeah. That's it. That was the right. entire experience. <laughs> it's the best Simpsons game, period, I think, still. I I mean, of course. Also, surprisingly short if you just keep throwing money at it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you just are fine spending $30, you can be yeah. it. Yeah, and see, so yeah, my poor yeah. Well, and if you also, you know, if you would have told me as a kid that I would own one of those machines, I would have called you a liar. Wow. But uh, there is, uh, just off camera, there is one to my right that does work. Amazing. So, um, I'm I'm insane. Everyone that oh, listens to this right. podcast by now knows that I'm insane uh, <laughs> for starting a podcast about The Simpsons while also collecting. You know, whatever. Everybody knows it by now. But it, I agree that the arcade machine. Worth every quarter that you put in there. Still, to this day, great game. And now you can buy a new one, everybody. As I've said before, the arcade one-ups making them, so you can buy one for oh, like nice. 600 bucks. Yeah. Get, get one for your house, everybody. I recommend it highly. Um, <laughs> does, yours, does yours have the original CRT screen? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I, that's, like that's, sort that's of... That's a quality you don't, you, know, you don't get otherwise. You can't, you can't it's fake It's sort that. of scuffed up too. So I guarantee this one was in a Chuck E. Cheese. Maybe it's the one that some... Maybe it somehow traveled its way down here. Maybe it's the one you played. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't, that be, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be a great... great I'm going to choose... I'm going to choose to believe that it was. Um, Tony's well, initials are still in it. He <laughs> put his initials as ass and that's still the high score. Are poo and ass taken? Um, <laughs> well, you know, I want to I want to thank both of y'all for coming on the podcast. It's been really fun to talk to you uh, about the Simpsons and sort of just you know dig into why it's awesome. And I think we've done that today, uh, Jordan. I do want to say before we go that uh, you know I'm I'm a big fan of of GMM, so I'd be remiss oh, if I didn't thanks, bring man. that up as well. I think yeah. all your characters on there are very very funny, and thank I'd be curious you. to know uh, how you came to work on that show. And uh, I would also be curious to know how Cotton Candy Randy uh, became a thing because uh, I've, it's just perfect. <laughs> sure, yeah, uh, yes. If uh, so, yeah, I I uh, worked full time for and now occasionally contribute to a a great YouTube show called Good Mythical Morning, hosted by Rhett and Link. Uh, very funny, weird, friendly uh, YouTube daily television show. Uh, yeah, so I started uh, working for them. Uh, they had a little period of the show where um, they were doing kind of multiple videos a day as opposed to just one video a day, and they needed more writers because they had more output. Um, and they stopped doing that. Um, they w- kind of went back to their old schedule, so they didn't need as huge a writer's room uh, anymore. But um, we, like, really got along, and, you know, I, I just... Really, really like that whole crew over there. So they asked me if I would just come back occasionally and uh, do some bits and mess around. And I, of course, said yes because uh, they're so much fun. And yeah, one of my recurring things I do, or I guess probably the recurring thing I do at this point, is this very weird character called Cotton Candy Randy, <laughs> who is the like spirit of National Cotton Candy Day, who is like a gross monster who is mean <laughs> and yeah i what uh, was not my idea actually it was one of the other writers i wish i knew who it was uh, so i could i could credit them but um the idea <laughs> was just that 
what if National Cotton Candy Day had its own Santa who was really gross? So that was kind of the genesis of the idea. And the uh, costume department whipped up that great costume that I'm still sticking on to this day. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, it was just kind of one of those things that started as a little one-off thing and, you know, built and built and built. And now it's just this kind of very strange recurring thing that I'm sure makes no sense to people who <laughs> are <laughs> occasional viewers of that show. Um, How long have so, you yeah. been doing it for? Gosh, when did I start doing that? I've been doing it a while, maybe three years. Yeah, because three because we years. were we had just just before we started doing the bubble graphic novel, we were talking about that you and I, and this was down in L.A. I came down to L.A. for the Comics Arts L.A. convention, and I was tabling next to someone named Ryan Sai, a fellow comics artist. Oh yeah, um, and you, so you were poking you were poking around there, right? Um, and Ryan, and and I, you know, I knew what you look like. I we'd talked before, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Ryan leads over to me and he's like, "I think that's that that guy from Good Mythical Morning." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, really? Okay, cool. Yeah, like totally no selling it." <laughs> and then <laughs> and then you came over and said, "Hi, hi, Tony." I'm like, "Hi, Jordan." <laughs> And then Ryan, Ryan was just Ryan was just like you. <laughs> I totally sold out, Ryan. I'm so sorry, Ryan. If you're listening to this, I apologize ah. for um, I apologize for pulling that on you. Um, <laughs> but that was delightful. No, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, Poor tons Ryan. of fun. GMM fans are always really, really nice. It always is so fun. <laughs> fun to meet them in the wild. They're always great. Yeah, it's cool. I also you did an episode not too long ago where you were Mostradamus. I want to see that character come back. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> Nostradamus is uh, weird weird brother who is bad at predicting things <laughs> super funny <laughs> super super funny well uh, again you know I, I had a blast hanging out with you guys uh, you know other than bubble you know what are what else do you guys have that you're working on or anything you want to shout out anything you want to plug any other final closing remarks please have at it uh i don't i think people should buy bubble they should maybe uh and if you were you, you can buy it any old place but uh, maybe the coolest places to get it are your local uh, indie bookstore or comic book store or call your local library uh, have them bring it in really it really helps us and uh helps everybody so yeah uh do do that but you can get it anywhere and uh yeah i don't know it, uh, but i'll say no, I've, I've, I've i've tony go ahead Oh, it is worth mentioning that um, since in this time of reduced uh, comic book conventions, uh, if you are the type of person who likes a signed copy, um, I, I'm i working with a comic book shop near me. Uh, if you would like one specifically signed by me, Jordan, I think you're doing the same with a, uh, with a shop near you. Um, as well as uh, there's a bookshop in Brooklyn, which will be receiving book plates with signatures from all four of us, Natalie and Sarah and myself and Jordan. Um, and these are these are three options. These are three ways to get a variety of different signatures on your book, should you be so yeah. interested. Um, I've got details either on my Twitter, uh, which is at Tango Charlie, or on my website, which is TonyCliff.com. Hell yeah. I love that. Yeah, I'm uh, at Jordan underscore Morris there on Twitter. And yeah, definitely uh, definitely here to here to help with, with bubble book buying related questions. So yeah, if you want to get any of those uh, <laughs> signatures or you want to, you know, find a place near you where you can get a copy, uh, if you don't want to, you know, go to Amazon or whatever, um, yeah, uh, hit us up. We're, we're happy to help. And we, we love to hear that people are checking out the book. 
Everybody, go buy Bubble. Go watch Good Mythical Morning. Go find any and everything that Jordan and Tony are working on. And, uh, you know, send them a message about The Simpsons, and they, you guys can talk about it also. Yeah, we love it. Keep those in. Yeah, if you have any good any good memes or GIFs or Simpsons Wave remixes on YouTube, hit me up. I'd love to see them. <laughs> yeah, this has, been, this has been a fun opportunity to revisit something that I think <laughs> was way more formative than I am probably giving it credit for. Man, what a... What a what, an, what a singular piece of work The Simpsons is. That's, that's exactly, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's exactly why I'm here, Tony. And, uh, you know, again, <laughs> uh, everybody, go check out Bubble. As for me, as for Jordan, as for Tony, I'll see everybody next week. If you enjoyed this podcast, check out the official Instagram at Simpsons is greater than, or follow me on Twitter at Simpsons is great. If you're curious about me or my Simpsons collection, just search for Bart of Darkness on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for checking this out. I'll see you next week.